This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. He was brilliant, ambitious, controversial, and one of the most influential secretaries of state in American history. I think we made further progress. Henry Kissinger served Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, and was consulted by presidents of both parties on international issues throughout his life. Henry Kissinger has been a friend of mine. Nixon made him a national figure, and together they reimagined U.S. foreign policy, detente with the Soviet Union, relations with China, shuttle diplomacy in the Middle East. Kissinger helped shape Nixon's policy in Vietnam and negotiated an end to the war, famously declaring success prematurely just days before the 1972 election. We believe that peace is at hand. He was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Nothing that has happened to me in public life has moved me more than this award. Though his co-recipient, North Vietnam's Le Duc Tho, declined the honor. Four years later, President Ford awarded him the Medal of Freedom. He was a master of pragmatic, big-picture diplomacy, but he had his critics, who described him as manipulative and insecure. Some called him a war criminal for his role in bombing Cambodia and widening the war in Vietnam. Born in Germany in 1923, Kissinger's Jewish family fled to America as Hitler rose to power. He became a U.S. citizen, served in World War II, and earned a Ph.D. at Harvard, where he became a professor. He caught the eye of Richard Nixon, who made him National Security Advisor, then Secretary of State, the only person ever to hold both jobs simultaneously. There is no country in the world where it is conceivable that a man of my origins could be standing here next to the President of the United States. But their relationship was complicated, and White House tapes reveal that Kissinger sometimes enabled the worst in Nixon. It was a very curious relationship because we were not personally very close. The night before he resigned in disgrace, Nixon asked Kissinger to kneel and pray with him. And of course it was a crushing event, but I think of that evening as an experience with dignity and of, it was very moving. Kissinger was no faceless bureaucrat. He was a world-renowned celebrity. I loved your foreign accent. And he loved the spotlight. He was even something of a pop culture icon. After leaving government, he opened his own consulting firm, remaining active and sought after for decades. At 95, eulogizing John McCain's life, Kissinger sounded a wistful note about his own. Like most people of my age, I feel a longing 
for what is lost and cannot be restored. Henry Kissinger was a man of great accomplishment and controversy. But as he once told NBC's Barbara Walters, he had no regrets. If I had to do it over again, I would do again substantially the same way, which may make me unreconstructed. And maybe one reason why I'm at peace with myself. Lester Holt, NBC News, New York. Thursday, 30 November, Year of Alert 2023. Welcome for the second hour of our late afternoon, early evening coverage here in the war room. Um, complicated, this one, because of um, the Phyllis Schlafly's of the world and her book, Kissinger on the Couch, I think is uh, is one of the, actually the most important uh, text out there. Dr. Kissinger, uh, and he tried to weasel his way in through certain members of the uh, of the Trump entourage in 2016 after we won, of which uh, we would have none of it, and really went out of our way to make sure that he didn't um, didn't get into the uh, into the administration or really have much influence as he tried, uh, just like he tried with Ronald Reagan and was shut off. Also. Uh, the most important damage he did and lasting damage he definitely did was not simply in Southeast Asia uh, in the killing fields. Uh, the, I don't know, 20 or 30 million uh, folks in Southeast Asia slaughtered after his kind of abrupt um, surrender in the um, in, in, in talking Nixon to the surrender in um, in uh, South Vietnam uh, with uh, when he was Jerry Ford's, I think, National Security Advisor and Secretary of State. I want to bring in Brad there. You wrote a pretty smart obituary. When the Chinese Communist Party makes a big deal and comes out with official statement and calls him an old and valued friend, what does that term mean for people in the audience out there, in our inter- particularly in our vast international audience? We have a lot of folks in Australia and in the littoral nations around the South China Sea. When, when the CCP refers to someone as an old and valued friend, uh, what does that mean, sir? Well, Steve, it means that um, he was valuable to the Chinese Communist Party. He was a useful idiot, to use uh, Lenin's term, uh, regarding an individual who is going to uh, serve the interests of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, which is why um, their mourning has lost. So uh, from our perspective, of course, uh, Kissinger's death, to the extent any death can have a silver lining, is, is positive, and it's positive in the following respect. He touted himself as a great strategist, and indeed he was a great strategist for the People's Republic of China. He wasn't a great strategist for the United States or for America's interests, which is very important to keep in mind. What you've been talking about, Steve, for years, the growth of the Chinese Communist Party, its influence in international politics, is due to the extent it is to any one individual, it's due to Henry Kissinger. If there's a father of the growth of the Chinese Communist Party, it's Henry Kissinger and what he allowed. He allowed investment, trade, all of those elements that he facilitated that were the rocket fuel for the People's Republic of China. Henry Kissinger opened the the floodgates uh, for through Kissinger Associates, his law firm's ties obviously to Wall Street financiers, uh, K Street uh, and Washington lawyers as well as on the Hill. This guy is responsible for what Cleo Pascal talked about this morning, 
the Chinese showing up with mountains with uh, with uh, tons of cash, right? Well, where did they get that cash? They got that cash really from the policies that Henry Kissinger allowed uh, and facilitated through Kissinger uh, Associates. So he was indeed an old friend of China, the Chinese Communist Party. He was their best friend. But from our perspective, he had the Midas touch in reverse, right? This guy was a, uh, was a disaster. He's responsible for the engagement school, right? For allowing that to capture, if you will, the strategic mindset, the economic mindset of the American national security. But, 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 whoa, but, whoa, 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 whoa. It's deeper than that, though. Let's go back in time. They, this uh, obsession with the Peloponnesian War and with the, this theory of Athens and Sparta uh, and this concept of the Thucydides trap, which is a declining power and a rising power. Uh, Graham Allison and Henry Kissinger ran the exact same scam, the exact same scam in the early 70s, in his original rise to power, where he was the advocate in, in all the inner circles of government of saying that the Soviet Union and their system is a better system. And remember, this was all the phony numbers were coming out about the Soviet economy. And he and Graham Allison, and Graham Allison, remember, was the great nuclear strategist. Like Herman Kahn and Graham Allison were, were about decision theory. And, you know, he was at Harvard, all this decision theory. They came up with the concept that we were the declining power and they were the rising power. And we had to reach some sort of rapprochement. And that led to detente and that led to all the exogamous. The reason I know this, as a young naval officer, I took the courses from the Naval War College. And we start with the Peloponnesian War. And I said, look, I love history. I love reading Thucydides. I love reading about the Peloponnesian War, but why in the hell is a naval officer in the Pacific fleet in the mid-1970s, why are we doing that? And I was informed that, oh, no, this is, the, this is actually the intellectual construct of how the senior members of our government think about this, that we're a declining power and they're a rising power. And I said, that's kind of odd because I look around as a young naval officer going throughout Asia, I kind of see the United States as being a, a pretty good, not just power, but we're still on the rise. Reagan came in and rejected that. that. That's why he was not in the Reagan administration. Reagan said, I want anybody but Kissinger. And they tried to force him on. He said, no, no, no. This is why he picked Richard V. Allen. And he told mm -hmm. Richard V. Allen. And Richard V. Allen's kind of going through and getting caught up in this geostrategic mumbo jumbo. He goes, hey, Dick, how about this? We win, they lose. They're the evil empire. Now, that took it away for 20 or 30 years. They took the exact same construct and the exact same two guys because they weren't in the they weren't really in the in the flow anymore because America first had kind of dialed them out and, 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 and they and they knew this day was coming with populist nationalism. He he took his client and once again ran this whole Thucydides trap with Graham Allison that once again we're the declining power, and now it's China, the CCP's is rising power, and we have to do all types of engagement and all types of uh, coupling and all types of risk management. Am, am I wrong in that overall context that he ran this scam for basically 50, 60 years, that America was always in decline, and that these autocratic empires on the Eurasian landmass were ascendant? Now, that's exactly right, that he uh, was a, the strongest advocate of detente with the Soviet Union, in essence, trying to appease the Soviet Union. He was a vociferous critic of Ronald Reagan, 
And Steve, that's exactly right, uh, that Reagan wanted to win the Cold War, something Kissinger thought impossible, and Reagan showed, of course, that it could be done, and it was uh, done. So uh, this individual who's, um, again, being By the way, hang on a second, hang on a second. He called Ronald Reagan. He called Ronald Reagan in the seven when Reagan was coming out of being governor of California and was starting to get on the national stage and was running in the primary against Gerald Ford. He told the American people in the media that Ronald Reagan is the most dangerous man in the United States of America for the simple right. reason is, as Reagan goes, what are we talking about? This is a Cold War, right? It's ideological. It's economic. It's political. It's diplomatic. It'll be military where we need military. But we can win this. Not only can we win this, we must win this. Kissinger called him the most dangerous man in America for simply having the construct of victory, something we've lost since President Reagan, Dr. Thayer. And something to which he blinded us. Kissinger blinded us, right, again, with all of his advice and all of his uh, uh, arguments about why we needed to assist China uh, again, the logic of the engagement school, of which he's the father, right? That that uh, by engaging with China, we were going to change them, uh, we were going to influence them. So, the guy is a strategic idiot, uh, and I don't know why anybody listened to him ever, uh, uh, given his track record uh, in terms of uh, what he did in the Nixon administration, Ford administration, and then afterwards. So, um, it was uh, uh, his advice was just disastrous. So, the um, Hitchens wrote that book in 2001 about why you should be put on trial for the crimes against the Yende in Chile, right, and, and East Timor and Bangladesh. Kissinger should have been tried for how he betrayed the country, right, how he betrayed our country by facilitating the rise of uh, its greatest enemy. Uh, and um, the fact that you have such the was he not today. was but was he was he not correct at the time to think that we could bring China at least over temporarily to be a counterweight to the uh, Soviet, Soviet Union and basically uh, uh, Reagan did use that leverage with much else and really economic warfare and te technological warfare the issues we should be doing today to essentially break the Soviet Union was the initial foray or the initial opening of China with Nixon as a strategic counterweight to uh, to the Soviet Union and to break, you must always break the Russian-China bond, which, you know, now our elites force Russia and the KGB into the arms of the CCP. And we've got this debacle in the Eurasian landmass that we're going to pay for right now. Was he not smart, at least in the initial strategic right. construct of it? But that's Nixon driving that, Steve. Nixon did it for balance of power reasons, and he also saw that as a way to contribute to the end of the Vietnam War, uh, to stabilize the situation uh, in Vietnam. So Nixon is driving it. And yes, Kissinger was instrumental in that role, to his credit, uh, uh, certainly. We wanted to use, to give the Soviet Union another front, right, to uh, uh, force them to deal with uh, uh, the communist Chinese. Again, their relations between Beijing and Moscow had really soured and they fought each other, of course, on a border war in 68 and then again, more significantly in 69, when Soviet troops basically killed uh, uh, approximately a thousand Chinese. But look, uh, that is uh, that was the Cold War, Steve. What this guy did is through his policy, through his desire, his avarice, his greed, uh, was um, put us in a position that greatly hurt us uh, in the new Cold War that we're facing 
with uh, that we're in right now with uh, the People's Republic of China. So that has to be um, you can't erase that stain, right? That's that's a, a lasting damage to our country. That was lasting a sacrifice of our interests. Uh, when we had even greater leverage against China, we could have employed it. But Henry Kissinger was there saying, don't do it, right? Uh, go along with the Chinese Communist Party. They're, in essence, he's yeah. arguing they're a positive force. So it's a disaster. This guy was uh, just a strategic uh, moron. And that needs to be recognized, um, despite what happened with under Nixon's guidance. Again, you want to keep that in mind uh, that Nixon is, was a strategic thinker, truly uh, a strategic thinker. Um, and uh, Kissinger obviously had an instrumental role there, but was uh, the national security advisor, not Richard Nixon, who had a vision for Asia and had a vision really for uh, Amer advancing America's interests against the Soviets and ending the Vietnam War. Um, uh, Dr. Thayer, where do people get, you got your article up on warroom.org, where do they get you on social media and where do they get all your writings now? Uh, at X, at uh, Brad Thayer, and uh, then on Truth and, and Getter at, at Bradley Thayer, uh, Steve. Uh, uh, thanks very much for uh, calling attention to this. It's a, a very important uh, issue. They're Huge. saying he was a, an old friend. Uh, that's because he was an old friend uh, of China, and he was their strategist. He wasn't an American strategist. And he wasn't out for America's yeah. national security interests. No. Yeah, not a good guy. Thank you very much, uh, but we won't talk badly about the dead. Um, Dr. Thayer, thank you so much. Honored. What thank you. Give you a reality I, check I, about I, the I, dead. This Thucydides trap is still it's the, the, the declinist mentality. It's still the it's still the organizing principle of how the declinists, how our elites think about this relationship with the Chinese Communist Party that we have. Of course, here, you know, that our focus is to take down and destroy or assist Lao Beijing in taking down, and destroying the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, brother um, Ben Harnwell from Rome. Uh, ben, of course, this, they're heating up. It's a firestorm on Capitol Hill now behind closed doors on this situation with Ukraine. But as we're looking at this, another $80 billion, we're taking our eye off the ball strategically in the Central Pacific, which is we fought and died for back 80 years ago. As we're doing this, we can see it's evident what's happening. Europe is quickly, rapidly heading towards an internal civil war country by country. The Guardian filing today had this brutal article about France. Walk me through the, the from Dublin to the Netherlands to Sweden uh, to France. Uh, a civil war is kind of in the early, early stages, sir. Steve, I wonder what the common, denomina the common denominator might be of all these countries and the civil wars that are brewing in each and every one of them. Uh, I've got two articles I'm, to illustrate this. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a wild guess. Might it have something to do with mass unlimited uh, forced immigration onto a populace, yeah. onto a nation state? Am I? Is Victor Orban look like an oracle every day that this goes on, sir? An, an oracle and a prophet. Um, I have two articles to, to go through with you today that illustrate precisely what's going on here in mainland occupied Europe. Um, they're coming at this from different angles, as you might expect. There's a fantastic article here in today's Daily Telegraph. All of the links of this will be posted um, on my feed. Uh, specifically, I might add on on on, uh, on Bannon's War Room on, on Rumble. We can get that via 
get to when, when, when I post this. The first article here from Telegraph, the Telegraph carries the headline, France could be on the brink of civil war. Now, I'm just reading that out because to make this make this absolutely abundantly clear, this is the mainstream media saying this isn't the war room, though we are saying this and have been saying this for a long time. This is the main, admittedly, admittedly towards the right of the mainstream media, but it's still very much um, controlled opposition. Um, and it's basically digging down to what's going on in in France here. What happened um, to this week is that Olivier Véran, who is the, the minister uh, in charge of being the spokesman for the French cabinet, he went to Crépol, which is this town where, where this young 16-year-old was uh, knifed to death by, I think, an Algerian who, whose um, who's who's repatriation order had been signed some 10 years ago and the French authorities hadn't got round to, to forcibly removing uh, removing him. He went uh, wild at, at a party. Um, this is just south of, of, of Lyon in, in, in the south of France. And he was heard saying that he was out um, to kill whites. Um, and so he, so, so this minister goes down there and he says that the government is clearly aware that violence from PACs is ratcheting up and that, that there are tensions and you, that you, you, can't, you can't stand these gangs anymore and neither can we. And he promised the full mobilisation of the state to guarantee the safety of all citizens. Steve, these are just words. They're empty words echoing around because the government feels the need to be close to the people. It is ideologically and conceptually impossible for, for globalists to do this. They can mix naturally with the people like oil can mix with warfare. It's inauthentic and not going, not going to believe. And in fact, it wasn't believed. In fact, one guy, when this guy was, was mouthing these platitudes, one guy shouted out, um, you've done much more for them than you do for the hardworking people in the countryside who get no benefits and raise their children with values. This is, Steve, as the headline says, an indication that there is a growing irreconcilability between the French people, the ordinary working class of the, of the French people and the elites, which are foisting continually the, the problem on this country. And what is the problem? It is enforced immigration. And, and not only, as you said just now in your introduction, but not only, not only is it simply an immigration uh, situation because immigration in and of itself needn't bring a country to the point of collapse, right? We know this because a, a lot of countries have had immigration over decades and, and, and if not centuries, if you look at the United States, immigration in and of itself isn't the issue. The problem is in the values of the people that are coming in. That's really, I think, you know, I just mentioned the oil and water metaphor. The issue here, and the, the, the article goes on to saying this, is that, that the French state believes it has failed because it has allowed groups coming in and to avoid assimilation. That's a really cack-handed way of confronting the problem because, of course, a lot is, is these groups themselves that don't want to assimilate. I've got one final quote on, on this article that illustrates this point. Um, and it basically talks about... Uh, people coming in who hate, that's the word it uses, who hate France and, and hate its values. Um, th and that's the issue. And of course, Steve, globalist elites aren't going to be able to confront that, which is why it will require a, a change of direction. And that, I think, is why Marine Le Pen is, is always growing in the polls and appears to be a credible 
split now in the uh, in the next French but presidential is, election. Is this not is this not is is this not a full validation of the novel The Camp of the Saints? I mean, The Camp of the Saints and The Camp of the Saints. When I recommend to read it, understand it's got some very rough parts to it. They're going to upset you. It's description of 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 people and of cultures. Some of it is not quite pleasant and not quite pleasant reading. But that's not the point of the novel. The point of the novel is about how elites respond when their culture and society is under direct attack, not militarily, but from this issue of mass uh, mass migration and how the elites don't really buy into or believe the core values of the cultures and societies they represent. Is this not we're seeing in France right now? This is decades and decades and decades, and particularly you're seeing it in the Netherlands, you're seeing it in Sweden, you're seeing it in France. And these are nations that have lectured the United States, have lectured particularly the, the people that freed them in World War II, and actually a freedom in World War I, the backbone of our nation, which is working-class Americans from the great heartland of this nation, who they detest. Is this not the camp of the saints played out in real time? Steve, when I first met you some 10 years ago, you were talking to me about that book, The Camp of the Saints, right? 10 years, 10 years ago. Uh, and I read the book. Um, and I think, in fairness to yourself, you were well, well, well ahead of the curve about to be talking about that then, because it is a gradual unrolling of exactly the contents of that book. And you're right. It, you know, it's always impossible, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, it, it, it's impossible with our soci sociopathic overlords to know where incompetence ends and bad faith begins. And I don't think that that is anywhere more visible than in the immigration crisis, the, 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 the mass whole-scale importing of third world illegals who are hostile to the values of the Judeo-Christian West. Is it that there are elites of incompetent or does it go beyond that into a whole scale um, bad faith? Well, I think it's increasingly looking like bad faith because nobody can be this incompetent for this long without realizing that there is something amiss. But, now, uh, to you, that uh, point. Ben hang, on, ben, ha ben, hang on for one second. We're going to come back to Rome and Ben Harnwell in just a moment. Joe Allen's also going to join us. Uh, we're going to talk about the war in Ukraine, Putin, all of it. Want to make sure we're building an alternative economy. One of the ways we're doing it is supporting publicsquare.com. Uh, stop giving money to people that hate you. Use the free app or go to the website. You get If you're an entrepreneur, you can list your product and service. It's free. If you're a consumer, you can check out all these products and services from people that support your value. It's for free. Publicsquare.com. Michael Seifert and the team are building the alternative patriot economy. Just go check it out. Go check it out and see what they got. We're going to take a short commercial break. Back in the warm in a moment. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do. With more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value. Because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon 
to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. It can happen anywhere. Fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, mudslides. Regular cell phone service is fragile and can go down in an instant. Just ask the folks out in Maui. And when that happens, how will you contact your loved ones? That's why you absolutely need a satellite phone. Regular cell phones cover less than 8% of the Earth's surface. But with your sat phone, if you can see the sky, you can make a call. It's got 100% global coverage, ensuring you're always within reach. Your calls are secure and private. No one's eavesdropping. Even the U.S. military trusts these phones to communicate securely. Your text messages, encrypted. Only the intended recipient can read them. Everything you do with this phone is 100% private and 100% secure. Right now, War Room's trusted partner, Satellite Phone Store, is giving you a free and Marsat satellite phone with a 12-month plan if you go to sat123.com slash Bannon right now. That's sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon right now. Be ready for anything, earthquake, wildfires, terrorism, anywhere on Earth with your new satellite phone today, as well as your free bonuses. Visit sat123.com slash Bannon and use code Steve50. At checkout for free activation or dial 855-980-5830 to snag your free Amarsat satellite phone today. That's sat123.com slash Bannon code Steve50 or call 855-980-5830. Question, who protects the troops who protect us? Well, we will. Imagine you're serving halfway around the world and you learn the title to your home, that legal document that proves it's actually yours has been forged and it's not in your name anymore. But we can't let that happen and we won't let it happen. Home title theft is a clear and present danger for all homeowners. And that's why I trust Home Title Lock. And now Home Title Lock is protecting those who protect us and giving back. For every subscription you purchase from Home Title Lock, they'll donate one year of free service to a military family in your name. Our troops deserve the peace of mind in knowing that while they protect us, Home Title Lock protects their most valuable asset. We all need to protect the title to our homes. I'll share updates, but for now, please join me. Protect your home's title at HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon and use promo code Bannon. And when you do, they'll protect the home of a service member in your name. That's HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. Do this for the troops. Do it today. Use your agency. Thank you. 
War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, after a night of flying around the country with Mike Lindell taking meetings, of course, uh, I needed a little a boost late in the afternoon. Warpath.coffee slash war room. The dark roast is the best dark roast ever put together. This is the Mariner's Blend. But, of course, we've got holiday blends. They have mild blends that are amazing. I've got friends that are mild blend coffee drinkers. We've taken a lot of time. We've worked with Tage Gill and the team, former Navy SEALs and contractors. These are pipe hitters. Uh, to um, to put this together and make sure that we got the right blends and the right roast, roasted here in the United States of America, warpath.coffee. It will not disappoint you. You'll love this coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker and a huge lover of coffee, uh, and this is something we're very proud of, worked on for a couple of years with these guys and now are releasing it, so check it out. Also, make sure you go to Turning Point if you're in the greater Phoenix area, southwest or in California, 16th to the 19th. I'm giving a major address there. Also, we're going to do live broadcasts, audience participation before a live audience. We're going to do breakouts. We're going to do meet and greets. You get to see us. You get to give us feedback on the show, feedback on all the sponsors, the feedback on the content. We're really, it can't be a better way to start the Christmas season, also to kick off 2024. So I want to see everybody there. Amfest.com. Go check it out. Charlie Kirk. And what a list of speakers. If you just want to sit in the main hall, you're going to have great speaker after great speaker. You will get jacked up just like you had a pot of Warpath Coffee. Uh, Ben, uh, I got a couple of minutes here. I want to walk through the Financial Times of London and The Economist, my two favorites, back-to-back. And you know this hurts them. These are the the Economist is the People magazine of the party of Davos, and the FT is the daily tip sheet. It hurts them no end to basically agree with the war room, and particularly on the corruption and the theft of American taxpayer dollars in the Ukraine. Huge story in the Financial Times today about that. And then the Economist cover, it absolutely blows you away about what they finally admitted to against all their all our betters at the Atlantic Council. Ben, take it away. Steve, this is basically the war, the war room's editorial policy over the last two years in distilled form um, on, on these august... Uh, two journals. So let's do the, the FT one very quickly first. Um, it's titled The Big Read, Bribery and Corruption. The crackdown on Ukraine's oligarchs. Vladimir Zelensky's government is taking action against politically influential business figures. But will a new generation take their place? The interesting thing, Stephen, it goes into Igor uh, Kolomoisky, who was, of course, Zelensky's big sponsor, the billionaire who's had all of his assets um, confiscated by his somewhat ungrateful uh, protege. The interesting thing, again, about this article, Steve, is, is that it even exists. It's putting front and centre the nature, the corrupt nature of the oligarch state that is Ukraine in the mainstream media. Um, and of course, all of the, the oligarchs here that, that it's referencing have strong ties to Zelensky, even if, of course, the, the Financial Times doesn't draw that out explicitly. Just a little bit of... of, of Prior knowledge, I think, fills in the gaps there. No, I mean, this is an an article that indicates, and we wouldn't have seen the likes of this six months ago, uh, but it really indicates the nature of the state that we're supposed to be defending, you know, that that is supposed to be the beacon of of democracy and the rule of law, um, that we're we're sacrificing so much here in the West to come to the aid of. Um, I'll put the link to that, obviously, 
um, if people want to chase that down and, and read it. But I think it's an illustration of how, for some time now, and I, I, I do backdate this to the to the the, the, the pivot point as being the, the NATO annual uh, meeting. I think that was in Vilnius, wasn't it, in, in July of this year. Um, from that moment forth, and it's been accelerating, it's been hardlining, that's when the media really started to, to pivot away from Zelensky. Um, the other thing, very, very quickly, I just have to mention this, um, is the front page of The Economist. Um, if Memphis would be so kind as to put that up. Um, it's simply the, 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 the standalone, this is the, front, the, the cover story, this is the front page of the, the front cover of The, the, the Economist. Simply says, is Putin winning um, with his with his face? There we go. Um, that's the front page of the Economist. So, so that's sort of seeding. Furthermore, the 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 the, the constant drumbeat now that is only a question of time now before um, the the Zelensky defense. I just want to operation. say this. I, I don't. I don't. I haven't. I haven't broken down. I want to. Let's get that cover up totally so people can see it. Let's go back to the cover of the um, of the Economist. I want to see the full thing of it uh, about the war machine, his war machine. I haven't had a chance to go through this in detail, so I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it. But here is what should be the takeaway to this audience and to the American people and our audience, vast audience throughout the world. The uh, commentators, former military commentators on MSNBC and CNN and BBC in the UK and Boris Johnson, these guys. But let me just deal with the U.S. for a second. None of these people should be back on TV or allowed to be back on TV. The misinformation and lies that they fed the American people in the early stages of this war and then later about the destruction of the Russia, Russia's military, Russia's economy, Russia's capital markets, Russia's central banks, were just all 1,000% wrong. We are not fans of Vladimir Putin and these KGB criminals that run uh, Russia. Just like we're not fans of and we're mortal enemies of the criminal element in the CCP that run China. We are big fans of the Chinese people, Lao Beijing, and we're big fans of the Russian people. Let me repeat this, because it's not said, and it's not talked about in the way that folks think about uh, the current situation throughout the world, and particularly the greatest generation. The Chinese people and the Russian people were the principal allies of the United States, of the American people in World War II, and they took the brunt of the fighting, and they took the brunt of the casualties. Certainly, our our lead ally was Great Britain and the United Kingdom, but they were fighting not just for their own freedom, but to preserve their empire. This was Churchill was very open about that, very blunt about that, and he kind of put off a deal by Halifax that so would cut a deal with the Nazis to preserve that and to fight on. But with all the valor and all the bravery, and we talked about earlier in the day about the valor of the Marines in the Pacific and fighting for the Central Island chain that we had to take island by island, left all that blood and treasure, and particularly in North Africa and in Sicily and Italy, and then on Normandy and Western Europe and the 8th Air Corps over, over Germany. Uh, our casualties, with all the valor and courage of the Americans, our casualties were relatively light compared to our two major allies, the Russian people and the Chinese people. We sold those people out immediately after the war. The American elites... And the British elites and the globalists overarmed Stalin, particularly towards the end of the war. We kept pouring money in there, and there's still never been an explanation about that. That's why he was armed to the teeth, and that's why he took Eastern Europe. We never challenged him in Germany. The American Montgomery and Patton were going nuts, and particularly even Montgomery in this regard. 
of why did we not cross or why did we not go to Berlin? We could have been there much earlier than anybody else. And in fact, the race between Patton and Montgomery, Montgomery probably would have won this one, given where Patton was strategically positioned. But both of them have been there long before the Russians, and we didn't do it. We also turned over the China to the Mao Zedong and his band of criminals in 1949, a communist-infested State Department. This is what brought Senator McCarthy to power from Wisconsin, a tail gunner Joe, was who lost China. Because the American people were shocked. The American people always had this kind of bond with the Chinese people for decades and decades and decades. And all of a sudden, China was gone to the communists. How did that happen? So this is why you have to understand all these people that are globalists that stood up there. All, you know, Avril Stavridis. I know Jim. He's a flake. All these people, all the former diplomats, all the people that were involved in the, in the Trump impeachment. They stood up there and lied to you every freaking day. And we pumped in $113 billion. And what did Mersheimer say? Mersheimer said and warned the Ukrainian people, they're going to pump in as much money and they're going to fight to the last Ukrainian, then they're going to abandon you. So now we have $113 billion that's been skimmed off the top by all those oligarchs the FT's finally focused on now. Half of it's stolen to get into Monaco and these tax havens with their yachts and their mistresses in the south of France and all that. Well, you slave away with no pension and no health care. This is what this is what happened. This is exactly what happened. Now they're talking about putting another 60 billion dollars on top of the 113 billion dollars. And what do we have? We have 75,000 to 100,000 dead Ukrainians. That's what we got. Men, women and children in a nation that looks like Dresden in 1945. That's what the West has delivered. That's what the EU has delivered. That's what NATO has delivered. NATO, who has not lived up to any of their commitments. And remember, in World War II, not one of those nations fought with us. France wasn't really with us. You had de Gaulle and a handful of uh, patriots in France. You had a handful of people in the resistance. Spain wasn't there. Italy wasn't there. Germany wasn't there. All the, all the uh, Sweden was neutral. The Irish were neutral. The ones that fought, you know, Norway flipped right away. No. You've been lied to. And now it's time to see what you see. Uh, we're going to drill down on this more, Ben. How do people get to you? Fantastic job. How do people get to you on social media? Um, look, I don't want to eat into to John's time. I'd simply, if you want to chase me down, go on to, to get to at Steve Bannon. Stephen K. Bannon has an excellent post of mine that I hope he'll be sharing later. Just if I can very quickly just read the, the one sentence here in the, in the press release that, that The Economist did when they published their, their front cover here. It synthesizes the lies that they're playing at and their attempt to, to uh, re, re, rewrite history. In Europe, we consider that for the first time since Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, it looks like he could win. That's simply from the very opening sentence here. It's, it's a lie. That's, moving that's forward. stunning. Okay. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. What do you what do you have to say, economists, to the seventy five thousand, one hundred thousand dead men, women, and children in Ukraine? You cheerleader, the editor there and the staff, you're disgusting. Boris Johnson, you're revolting. The Financial Times, you're disgusting. The blood of the Ukrainians are on your hand, every bit as much as they're on the Russians' hands. Your hands. You let them down this path, and then you cut them loose when they are no more use to you. When this thing got too tough. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Okay, I don't have time to play a bunch of clips where we had to Joe Allen. We'll have to do that again. But Joe, just jump in here and, and let's cut to the heart of it.
Elon Musk dropped a bombshell. Of course, they're all focused on all the peripheral stuff. He dropped a bombshell at this deal book um, interview with Sorkin. I think the biggest bombshell, you might not agree, was that he said AGI's three years away. Godlike intelligence is three years away. And it used to keep me up at night understanding this could lead to the annihilation of humankind. But I've kind of come to grips with it because it will be the most exciting time in mankind's history as we grapple with the uh, the ability of godlike intelligence to annihilate us. Am I, is that a simple <laughs> summary of what he said, brother? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do disagree with um, his timeline, or at least uh, let's say that he clearly knows something that nobody else does if uh, AGI is less than three years away. Uh, he doesn't seem to know what's going on at OpenAI, so I'm not sure what info it is that he's working with. Maybe it's something at XAI, or maybe but it's is an not, but hold it, is, sales But hang pitch. up, but hang up, but hang up, but hang, whoa, whoa, whoa. But isn't, isn't the, the whole situation of the memo that was sent, the reason we're in this OpenAI fiasco is the staff sent a memo that said Sam Altman is working on things that could bring irreparable harm to mankind, and he's not being honest about this. So the, the concept of accelerationist acceleration is as far as this does does elon saying that not lead you to believe that he knows something being a dialed in guy they know something about what altman and these guys are working on that the staff said we got to fire the fire altman and shut this thing down yeah yes i you know it's it's quite likely that elon musk has a much uh, more direct line to open ai than i do for sure but uh, even even this this description of agi that he gave uh you know he just talks about superhuman abilities in these specific spheres um i'm not sure that he even means a full-on general intelligence but if he does then what you're talking about is a massive leap from you know average essays from derivative artworks uh from a program that really can't even do math very well uh, to a program that he says will be writing better than J.K. Rowling, which maybe isn't saying much, um, that it will be uh, making novel discoveries in physics, will be creating uh, novel uh, technologies, things like that. You're talking about such an enormous leap, skipping all of these intermediate steps. Um, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'd be very curious uh, as to what he uh, really means by this. But one way or the other, um, let's say he just means super advanced artificial narrow intelligence or a major breakthrough to something like a general intelligence. Uh, I, this is plausible in the sense that if you look at the acceleration of capabilities from five years ago to today and play them forward, which is what these guys are doing, these singularitarians are basically doing going all the way to 2045 when they believe that there will be no distinction between human beings and machines, no distinction between actuality and virtual reality. Um, I, I, I can no, see no, 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 where no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know, I know, but you got to bring it. You, ho, 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 slow down. You got to bring up the edge of this because the development of it and all that is going to come later. The shock, and this is why we're not prepared to do it, either by society structures our culture structures, our norm structures, and particularly government. The front edge of this is going to be the most important edge because and, and there is going to come a definite, I want people to understand this concept and this construct. This thing called the singularity is the convergence of all this with AI obviously being ahead, but it's also got biotechnology part of it. 
a quantum mechan- of, of quantum uh, a computing part of it, a robotics, regenerative robotics part of it, all of that, that convergence. We have a line out there. It's theoretical right now. On this side of that line is Homo sapiens. But you and I and, you know, the other 7 billion Homo sapiens that are on the earth today. And that has been from time immemorial, right? Back to the recesses of time. There is a line, and over that line, that edge, is Homo sapien plus. I'm, I'm not sure it's Homo sapien 2.0, but it's Homo sapien 1.5 or 1.25. That edge is, once you cross that edge, you don't go back. You don't go back. The pressure to be part of that, the pressure to have that, the pressure to have your children participate in that and leave behind the unwashed masses, the Luddites, is going to be enormous societal pressure. And you're, then you're going to have really a house of lords or as Ben Harnwell says, sociopathic overlords and then the rest. Am I not, is that, do you not understand what I'm saying in that? And that the other developments in the 2035s and the 2045s, the 2050s, yes, there's going to be so much, they're going to blow people away. But is the initial shock that we are not homo sapiens anymore, that there's something else there. And that's why Elon Musk, the people in Silicon Valley are the most immature, right? They're, they're, they don't have discernment. They don't have judgment. They certainly don't have wisdom. They have technical expertise. And that expertise is basically unchained right now to, to just look at the immaturity of Elon Musk sitting there in that interview, like a, really a petulant child. I used to say he was 11 year old. He's about nine, but you have a petulant child who's a brilliant engineer, there's no doubt about that, but he's also have the control of a vast power, including Neuralink, which he's lied about and misrepresented from the beginning. So clearly they're going to lie and misrepresent about where they are in AGI uh, because they understand that maybe adults are going to say, shut the freaking thing down till we get control of it. Once this thing gets out, once you get near AGI, artificial general intelligence, godlike intelligence, there's no putting it back in the bottle, Joe Allen. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, it cuts both ways, though. They've promoted all sorts of technologies that simply haven't lived up to the promise. Uh, everything from the flying car to the autonomous car. It's very, it's very difficult to tell when they are trying to cover their tracks in order to push a technology forward under our noses, uh, but without us knowing it. And, and when they're just overhyping something. You to, know where- Gain that much you more know, momentum you, you know, with with AGI okay, though got, you know Steve got, I, got, I agree got, on that line between Homo sapiens 1.0 and Homo sapiens 2.0. I would say we're already at 1.5 to the extent that our lives are dominated wow. by the digital to the wow. extent that we are basically fused to our digital devices and to the extent that as as modest as this step may be to the extent that the entire planet. Uh, at least in the developed countries, uh, has been, uh, at least those who accepted it, forcibly injected with an experimental genetic uh, 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 gene therapy, an mRNA gene therapy. So uh, I think we're already you know at smart, 4.5, you, you even know, if we are you know, just... You know how I got smart on this? I got smart. I got smart. I got shocked that, that, that thought that they have created a soul in silico or or a god in silico that will shatter the foundations yeah. of many people's view of reality. Uh, it is, in fact, a, a new yeah. religion, and it does appear Joe, to be coming to fruition to some extent. 
I got smart on this by reading my favorite book, Dark Aeon. Uh, Joe, we got to bounce. We'll put all your uh, social media up there. Thank you very much. I know you're heading out to AFA. You're going to be, is it Friday night or Saturday night? Uh, that's Saturday night. Uh, you can find links, warroom.org under the transhumanism yeah. tab. And uh, few tickets left, but not many. So uh, I do yeah. hope that uh, the, the last few get taken yeah. up. Okay. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Look forward to having you back on tomorrow. Great job. We'll play some clips. Thank you very much, Steve. Great clips. We'll be back here at 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's going to be on fire tomorrow. I will guarantee you that. Between now and then, go to, uh, Zero Hedge got a great piece I'm putting up on, um, on Getter to make sure that you understand the Chinese Communist Party is buying gold at literally massive amounts. It's affected the gold market. You must understand that. Call uh, the guys at Birch Gold. Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. Make sure you get to Philip Patrick and the team. Make sure you understand not just the debt trap, not just the de-dollarization, not just the prime reserve currency, but make sure you understand how precious metals can actually participate in your financial life. Ask the team. Back here tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. See you then. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. 
That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.